This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, now we bring you a discussion on bi-monthly monetary policy of RBI. The participants are T.K. Arun, Economic Analyst and Arjun J. Chaudhary, Journalist. We are talking about the key takeaways from the RBI monetary policy meet that took place yesterday with the RBI, the Monetary Policy Committee, deciding to cut the repo rate by 25 basis points. And it's the fourth consecutive rate cut so far announced by RBI. What is the impact of this repo rate cut on the economy in terms of GDP, in terms of lending by commercial banking system to borrowers? And what does this mean for India in the global economy as well? Arunji, let's begin by the Monetary Policy Committee, which came to a decision. There was a vote of four to two. Uh, four members voted in favor of 35 basis point cut, and two members voted in favor of a 25 basis point cut. Why is it that four members actually voted in favor of 35 basis point cut, and how will this actually help the banking system when it comes to borrowers seeking credit? So this is an interesting thing. This is for the first time that the RBI has moved the repo rate by anything other than a multiple of 25 basis points. It's either 25 basis points, 50 basis points, things like that. This 35 is very unusual. So that itself sends a signal. It sends out the signal in the first place that we need a little more than normal 25 basis point cut because things are a little worrisome. At the same time, it doesn't warrant a 50 basis point cut. So don't get alarmed. The RBI doesn't want to send out a signal that things are at a stage where you need to take fright. So it is not 50, in between 35. It also sends out a signal that the RBI and the Monetary Policy Committee are capable of taking unconventional measures. Don't think that we'll only do what you expect us to do. So why four people decided to opt for 35 and others only 25? So the point to note is that everybody was in favor of a fourth consecutive cut because the situation in the economy warrants that. The principal objective of monetary policy is to keep consumer price inflation at 4% within a range of 2% on the upside or downside. That is between 2 to 6%. Now, inflation is comfortably within that range. Then, the next concern about growth comes in. From the first quarter of the last financial year till now, growth has steadily come down. The auto sales are down. Automobile showrooms are closing down. Production has been shut at Mahindra and at Maruti. They are delaying production. Real estate sector is in trouble. Sales are not happening. So, in this kind of a situation, there is a need to give a boost to economic growth. So, the Monetary Policy Committee has all agreed to cut rates. By how much the thing varies? Since the fourth cut, some thought even 25 basis points is enough. Others thought, yes, we should go a little beyond and cut for 35. That is all that means. So, what comes out from your response is that there is NBFC, there is commercial banking system, NBFCs where specific products are sold like automobiles and we are seeing a slowdown in that sector right now with the dealerships affected with inventory build-up and solvency issues. How do you see the central bank ensuring that NBFC is solvent enough for consumers to be able to purchase vehicles? So the NBFC, it is not fully within the hands of the RBI. The real problem in India right now is not a shortage of liquidity. It is all fine for the RBI to say that we will not allow an NBFC to collapse, but no, there will be no bailout. The problem is not that neither NBFCs nor banks suffer from any shortage of liquidity. In fact, the Monetary Policy Committee statement observes that RBI has to, had to absorb 2 lakh crore, 2 lakh crore rupees from the banks because the banks don't have a place to deploy this money. They are not letting it out and they have given it back to the RBI. 
So this is not a situation where there is any shortage of liquidity at a systemic level. But this liquidity has to be mediated to end users, to borrowers. This mediation is where all the problem is. And lowering rates does not address the mediation problem. What are the mediation problems? One, the banks are burdened by the huge quantity of non-performing assets, loans that have turned bad. Now, they must be resolved. The IBC, the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code is at work. But the resolution through that route is taking too long and that will not suffice to for the economy to be it out. Therefore, the sensible thing to do is to recapitalize the banks so that once these are bad loans are provided for, they can start lending again. And whenever a loan recovery takes place, they can write it straight down to its bottom line. So recapitalization of banks plus some governance reform in banks so that the current situation of whenever a bank manager takes a lending decision, there is CBI or enforcement directorate breathing down his neck, doesn't happen. So if these things happen, then lending can start again. So it is not the positive liquidity that has been constraining investment. It is the positive of the mediation mechanism. Second thing about NBFCs. Now, NBFCs that lend to auto finance, etc. actually are not the problem. The NBFCs that have been financing infrastructure, basically meaning real estate and construction, they are the ones that are in trouble after the ILNFs collapse last year. Now, that cannot again be fixed just by the RBA saying that we will give you some money. Because NBFCs and banks operate on very short time horizons. Banks can lend up to, say, five years. NBFCs can lend up to a few months or to one year or a few more months. But infrastructure, real estate, they need long-term money. That money is not forthcoming from either banks or NBFCs. The ideal source is actually long-term bond market, a market for long-term bonds. So reviving the bond market is the real solution to the mediation problem in this economy. That liquidity that is available will actually reach the hands of the borrowers. And that is something that is engaging the government and the RBI, but not as avidly as it should be. Are you talking about open market operations conducted no, by RBI no, no, no. for uh, short to long-term financing? No, no. That is only for maintaining, managing liquidity. See, if you are a real estate company and you want to raise money, you issue a bond and somebody should buy that bond. This can happen if you have credibility. There is a track record of your repaying your loan. The credit rating. Yeah. So if you are rated well, then somebody will buy your bond. And if there are instruments to hedge against risk. See, whenever bond is issued, there are three risks. There is primarily the credit risk, the fellow might not repay. There is the interest rate risk that you buy into the bond, then interest rate changes, goes up or goes down, and so you your calculations go wrong. And the floating rate base. Whatever the rate, no, the bond offers a coupon, a fixed amount per year or every six months. That translates into a rate of yield, which will vary depending upon the general rate of interest in the yield. So whenever you issue a bond, there are three risks. There is a credit risk, there is the interest rate risk, and there is a currency risk. Even if you don't borrow in a foreign currency, Suppose suddenly it becomes cheaper to borrow in a foreign currency. Then this particular rupee bond will suddenly have a less uh, value. So implicitly everything has uh, three kinds of risks. So you should be able to hedge against these risks using various derivatives. So a long and deep bond market with all these kinds of risk hedging instruments available, this is the thing we need if we want to seriously address the liquidity issue in the system. Now work is afoot but not yet complete. So in this process, RBI is now lowered the rates and is urging the banks to pass on the rate cuts to borrowers. Today, you will notice SBI has lowered rates by 15 basis points. The RBI sort of complains that from February to June, the Monetary Policy Committee brought down the repo rate by 75 basis points. Banks have brought down their lending rates by 29 basis points. So transmission is not really happening. The 10-year 
government guilt the bond yield came down by 102 basis points the money market rate is down so all these things are down but bank lending rate is not coming down because banks are saddled with these bad loans so the sooner the bimal jalan committee that is looking at the possibility of some bit of abia reserves being transferred to the government completes its work and actually transfers some money and the sooner that money is utilized to recapitalize the banks the sooner the economy will revive because recapitalizing banks is the first step that is required to get the banks to start lending again but earlier even when banks were properly capitalized uh, they did not compromise on the lending rate being reduced the lending rates have been high for quite some time there has been a totalization of interest rates uh, seen both across psu and private banking how do you see the transmission issue really being taken seriously with banks lending at affordable rates after conducting due diligence see different kinds of banks have different kinds of uh, cost structure the public sector banks have a large what is called current and saving accounts casa in which people deposit money for a very low rate of interest 3% 4% private banks offer a higher rate of interest on their savings accounts their cost will be 6% 7% then depends on how efficient they are in managing their costs so the basic cost of funds 4% 6% plus their fds which are whatever 6 and 1/2 7 and 1/2% the average of that plus their own cost which must be added on then you lend at a particular rate now this will vary a little bit depending upon what how what kind of bank you are what your cost of funds is and how efficient you are but there is only a limited range within which these rates can vary and you will lend to a prime borrower at the best possible rate to somebody who is not so prime your rate will vary it will go up so that is another issue you know the our large small and medium enterprise sector which creates the maximum number of jobs they don't get money from banks for the bulk of their needs they get probably get 15% of their financial needs from the formal banking system the rest they get from all kinds of nbfcs informal credit markets money lenders and so on so all these things are to be set right primarily through the mechanism of the bond market which is remains underdeveloped in this country also looking at the gdp forecast it has been cut to 6.9% from 7% how important is the increase in money supply at an affordable rate impacting the economy's growth it is very important but this forecast i wouldn't take too seriously rbi says 6.9% at the upper end of the uh, spectrum and risks are to a downside so growth is probably below that but that is not within the rbi's control it's just a forecast what is in the rbi's control is the credit uh, mechanism but what is not in the rbi's control is the bond market that is to be attended to by a combination of the government sebi and rbi and they are yet to get there, plus the state governments because this bond market as i told you apart from bonds all the derivatives everything when it's traded it requires to be registered there is a stamp duty stamp duties are not common across uh, states and they can be seriously large enough to make certain derivatives uh, impossible so these things are to be taken care of only then you'll have a functional bond market and if a bond market actually begins to work and there is a bond in which subprime borrowers can tap into then that will take care of the credit needs of the small and medium enterprises quite substantially but the compliance for issuing bonds uh, investment banks assist uh, such companies in the west how do you see the msme sector being able to raise finance by issuing bonds uh, where the status they will get is the junk bond status and not get a very high credit rating you've seen the success in the west but in india with rules and regulations compliance securitization issues how do you see the small and medium sized companies being able to issue bonds and ensure repayment uh, based on their business ratings so initially 
in india there will be no market for junk bonds although in the west there is an active market for subprime bonds in india there will not be but large nbfcs which lend to the small and medium enterprises they will be able to issue the bonds because they have a great credibility because they lend to a variety of smes some of which are credible and some of which are less they credible. can act as a guarantor also for this kind of lending exercise so since they are the ones setting up of a trust organization to ensure that the board of trustees oversees yes. the yes. issue yes since they are the ones who are issuing it is their credibility that's at stake not of their clients so much so that is fine so that is how it should happen but again for that you need a viable bond market now right now one problem also is that the financial savings that are available are to a large extent eaten up by the government because the government itself is a very large borrower which is why this importance of containing the fiscal deficit comes in and that the government has mandated the banks to hold large part of their funds as government bonds through this mechanism of the statutory liquidity ratio the slr the slr is now relatively come down it is 18.75% perhaps it could go down a little bit but as i told you the issue in india right now is not liquidity the issue in india is the ability to mediate the liquidity to the borrower the banks are flush with liquidity and they have given parked to lakh crore with the rbi instead of lending it to borrowers although they have the money at their disposal so looking at uh, the repo rate is now cut by 35 basis points to 5.4% at uh, the reverse so repo rate has been adjusted to 5.15% what does this mean for those who are savings oriented and expect a return on their savings from time deposits so whenever the rbi lowers its rate the repo rate the reverse repo rate is pegged 0.25% that is 25 basis points below that and the marginal standing facility rate is kept to 0.25% above that so the rate at which the bank can get money that is the repo rate where the bank can deposit money and get a return that is the reverse repo rate now that has come down to 4.15% so that definitely lowers the ability of the bank to pay money as in the past well thank you so much uh, mr arun for being with us on this program and talking to us extensively about the 35 basis point uh, repo rate cut uh, by the monetary policy committee of the central bank thank you so much thanks you were listening to a discussion on by monthly monetary policy of rbi the participants were tk arun economic analyst and arjun j choudhury journalist this program was produced and presented by the news services division of all india radio this program is also available on our website newsonair.com you may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks@gmail.com at